Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. We're going to be looking at a story today that um, I've always liked since childhood that was really impactful for me in different ways, um, but like we've talked about in other aspects of this podcast, some things that just hit you later on when you're studying that God reveals to you, things that you understand more as an adult with other life experience under your belt. Um, so we're going to be looking at the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6. In the very beginning of the chapter, the first uh, 16 verses, really, verses 1 through 16, covers the full context of what we're looking at. And similar to what we did in the episode of Jonah, we're just looking at a snapshot here, not the full story and circumstances of the person, just a snapshot into the story of Gideon and what takes place in his life and his interactions with God. And some of the things that I'm just learning and noticing as of late that I feel like God is teaching me as I read this story and principles of it and related to it that have been very impactful for me about what God sees, particularly what he sees in the version of you and um, his perspective on the situation as well. So it's Judges chapter 6, verses 1 through 16. And for a little bit of context, I'm not going to read through all the first verses, but the context of it is, is that this is the days in Israel's history before they had earthly kings. And there were certain times where God would raise up a leader among the people called Judges, or a judge. And that's why it's the book of Judges. And he would raise up these leaders often in times of crisis, um, when they're facing oppression and threats from other nations, which is exactly what is happening here at this time in Israel's history. And he'd raise them up to deliver the people and to lead them for a time. So that's what's happening here with Gideon. It's his story about him becoming a judge, this ruler that God raises up to deliver Israel out of the current situation that they're in. And it's that they're oppressed by the Midianites because they've done evil in the eyes of the Lord. They've strayed from God to most likely other gods of foreign nations, um, and they've gone to their own devices instead of the commandments of God. And they've brought this oppression for the past seven years on themselves from the Midianites. And just one example of the oppression upon them is that the Midianites, being very numerous, large armies, their camels and horses, they would come and camp and walk all over all the crops and food supply of the Israelites to squash it out pretty much, cutting out their food supplies, starving them in a type of way. Um, and so this is, you know, very bad oppression. It affects everyone in the country. This is going on all over the place. And this is some of the context as you come up to the scene here with Gideon, because he's threshing his wheat in a wine press to hide it from the Midianites. You know, he's good. I mean, how, how bad is it that you have to hide what little food that you have just because you're afraid the enemy will come and take it because they're starving out the people? So this is the problem and the tough situation that they are facing when this takes place. And we're mainly going to be looking at verses 12 through 15 and 16 right in there. And I want to read through these verses about this interaction between the angel of the Lord that appears to Gideon and Gideon and the conversation that they have and what is revealed in just these few verses here and in this snapshot of the story. So I'm going to read through those verses and then we'll kind of break it down one by one and see the points here that we're meant to walk away with. And so the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon at this place that he's currently at hiding his wheat from the Midianites. And in verse 12, it says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us, and he's put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, 
Go in the strength you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. And that was verses 12 through 16 here in Judges chapter 6. So I want you to keep in mind that one principle and one thing that's at work here, and in many places in the Bible, is really a, uh, a truth out of 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 that you can look up when you have time. And 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 talks about that man looks at the outward appearance, but God is looking at the heart. And God is looking at the heart of Gideon here, not just what currently resides in his heart, but I believe he's looking at his story, his destiny, that Gideon doesn't know yet, that God created him for. In the previous episode where we talked about your purpose and being alive in your era, in your generation for a particular purpose, this is Gideon's purpose being revealed here during this tough time of oppression in the days of Israel underneath the hand and the power of Midian and, and then the Midianites. And so God begins to reveal this here, speaking to the heart more than the outward appearance. And a key point to understand as we continue with that and what God is saying through his messenger here to Gideon is that something's being revealed about Gideon because he says something odd when he first appears and says, the Lord is with you. That's not odd. But then he says, mighty warrior. And we have no indication that Gideon is any type of warrior, that he's fought a battle, that he has that kind of qualification or that look by any means. But God is already beginning to reveal this potential and this purpose that he's made inside of Gideon that he's not even aware of yet. And it's really cool that the more we learn about God, the more we learn about ourselves even. And a verse to add and build on that principle is at the beginning of your Bible, Genesis 1, 27, which I will read here. And Genesis 1, 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So because we came from God and were made in his image and in his likeness, the more we study about God, the more knowledge and understanding we get of who God is, the more we begin to see how we were made to be, the true version of ourselves that God is making us to be. So that's a very important point, because as God reveals himself to Gideon here in the situation, it's also revealing what Gideon truly is and what he's truly about that he's not even aware of yet, as God's looking at the heart and the story of Gideon. So we need to see this version of ourselves. That's why I call this episode What God Sees, because we need to know God's version of ourselves. Continuing on that thought, as you get into verse 13, as we read, Gideon is upset, he's bitter, he's frustrated, as naturally anyone would be under these type of conditions that his people have been suffering the past several years, but he's in a position where he's frustrated. He doesn't realize what the true cause of it is, the people bringing this upon themselves. And even in the first several verses of the chapter, you'll see that God sent a prophet to tell Israel that they've done evil in his eyes, that they've strayed, and that's why this calamity has come upon them. But it seems, at least in his response, that Gideon doesn't know that, or he disregarded it, whatever it may be, because he's blaming God for abandoning them, not blaming Israel for doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And so in verse 13, we get the understanding that when you don't know what God sees about yourself, about your situation, etc., you default to doubt and blaming others. And I'm sure we are all guilty at this at one point or another at some time. I certainly have been in the past where I don't understand, you're frustrated, your judgment is clouded, 
I'm not seeing it from God's perspective. I'm just complaining from my viewpoint, honestly. And I'm filled with doubt, not confidence. And I don't take any accountability upon myself. I'm often blaming others for the problems taking place. So this is why our perspective can be skewed and we need God's perspective on the situation and particularly ourselves. So that's the main point of verse 13. Don't default to doubt and blaming others. It takes a shift in perspective. See things in their true light before you begin to make judgment calls, before you begin to blame God for the troubles happening to you. As Gideon did here, and again, I'm, I'm no one to speak. And in verse 14, we start going into our next point. For the Lord continues to reveal to Gideon what his purpose is, about going in the strength that he has, saving Israel out of this situation, being sent by God to do this major task and to lead the people. And this is a really cool point, which we're going to connect with a tiny story in the New Testament as well that's known. But this was something that was very new to me, looking at the story of Gideon and looking at the principles and character of God that is being revealed here. And it's that God reveals purpose and identity through commission. And that word commission just means a a task, a commandment, a duty, so to speak, these commandments that God gives us. But as he's giving Gideon this instruction to go do something, within that instruction, his purpose and his identity, the true version of himself, is being drawn out, is being revealed here, which is very powerful. And we're going to connect this now with a story that came to mind as I was studying this, as God was teaching me what this was what was happening here truly that I didn't notice before what I certainly needed for my life is that it's the same as in the time of Jesus in the beginning of his ministry so you can turn to here or mark it down to study later of Matthew chapter 4 again right at the beginning of Jesus's ministry and in Matthew chapter 4 particularly verses 18 through 20 and I'll read those now and we'll get understanding from it and how it relates to Gideon So starting in verse 18, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. So the point we're looking at about God revealing someone's purpose and their identity through the command or commission he gives them is directly shown here with Peter and Andrew, some of the first disciples that he calls. And I really love especially that not only does he tell them that you'll know how to fish for men, you'll know how to do this role, or I'll show you how to do this. He says, I'll make you fishers of men. It's more than just something they'll do. It's something they'll become. And again, playing on our point here that extended back to the episode on your purpose It's God has a destiny for these people. When Jesus encounters these two people that become his disciples, Peter and Andrew, he speaks a commandment, not of something new, but speaking to a destiny he created for them long ago, but is being fulfilled now. For Gideon as well, he calls him a mighty warrior before he's done anything mighty or anything that a warrior would do, because God is speaking to the heart of the matter. God is speaking to the destiny of that person by the commandment that he gives. So it's really cool that if God reveals his purpose and identity through these commands or his commission, it's also naturally, you can assume, or on the other end, that your purpose and identity are fulfilled when you obey that commission or that command. So this is why we hold the instructions of God so carefully. We hold to them so closely and are fully committed to them because it brings out the realization and the fulfillment of the true version of you that God intended you to be. 
And again, like I said earlier, you need to know that version and live according to that version if we want any hope of fulfilling the destiny that God has planned for us. Because one important point I want to make as well when looking at this, and that I was really saying to myself if I was trying to so I was trying to understand and digest the information here and the different spiritual truths at work is that I don't, I don't just want to be a temporary motivation or a feel-good speech or podcast in the moment about, you know, greatness is in you, you have everything you need, because that's a little bit of what the world says. You know, we call this podcast, some people call that Jesus, because we see how Jesus truly shows it. The world kind of takes it and mimics it in a way of go find your passion, create your value and your purpose. But this is showing me to, this is teaching me that, no, I don't need to go find those things just in the world or create it for myself. God is revealing it for me. And as like the first thing said to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. None of these things can be fulfilled from destiny to task to whatever I'm supposed to do for God in this life. None of it can be done apart from him. It has to be done with him and through him step by step. And I really just want to make that clear, which that's a simple point. And it seems very obvious, but I think we have to remind ourselves often. I can't just take these spiritual truths and the important aspects of the story and go by my own devices, my own agenda, and my own strength to try to make these things happen and just try to live a good life. I'll never fulfill what God wants me to do if I try to do it apart from him. No matter how equipped I feel with this information, these notes, this Bible in hand, whatever it may be, I have to do it with him, within the relationship, within his guidelines and instructions, with him leading the way, not me leading and him helping, but him leading the way through it. So I think that's very important and worth saying again and again because we need, or at least I need to remind myself often. I can't speak for you, but I certainly need to remind myself of that often. And as you look at verse 15 of Gideon says, and this is the last kind of point we'll be looking at um, as as we wrap up this snapshot into the story of Gideon, but he says, how can I save Israel? How can I complete such a massive task? What does he say here? He says, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. This is in verse 15. And I am the least in my family. Again, this is back in Judges chapter 6. How often have you disqualified yourself based on your own perspective of the situation, how you view yourself, your own self-esteem that's not based on what God says about you? I've done that too many times. I disqualify myself. I speak self-depreciating words. Oh, I can't do that. How would I do that? That's meant for someone else. I'm not capable of that. And I love it because it's not about what we can bring to the table. It's not about our particular qualifications. It's about what God can do through us because he made us for a purpose and he'll see that purpose through. Again, worth highlighting again and again. So it's just so relatable in verse 15 how he says, look at my situation, God. Why would you possibly choose me for this? And The last verse to highlight that point, to add to your encouragement here and understanding here of just, uh, or of why God does what he does, is in 1 Corinthians 127, and it talks about how God chooses the weak things of this world to shame the strong, and the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God is looking for those that his glory can be revealed in. He's not looking for human qualifications, or again, we talked about man looking at the outward appearance. No, God's looking at the heart. And he doesn't need anything of man. He just needs a willing participant, and it's for his glory. So stop disqualifying yourself. No need to speak defeatist or self-depreciating words about yourself. God will see his purpose through you. He will make you that mighty warrior just by him being there with you. So that's a huge reminder for us and why God chooses what he does. 
So we don't boast in any of the things that man can accumulate or the skills that we can have. But as it says in the prophet, in the book of Jeremiah, the prophet there says that we boast that we understand and know God. That's his message to us. Know what he is, know what he does, see what God sees, and it just might change your decisions and the tasks and what you will accomplish in this life. So I hope you've gained some understanding, some new aspects and points from the story as again i've just been learning some of this in the past few weeks and it's been very helpful for my spiritual walk but also in every area in my life of seeing what god sees as opposed to my own perspective so i hope you learned something i look forward to studying again with you very soon